So, welcome to my sixth episode uh, after almost two months uh, of uh, silence uh, of Autistic Liberation Theology. Today, uh, first time guest, my friend Felix, um, who is joining Hi. me via Zoom and is... Uh, do you, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, I am pastor in training now and I'm living in Benningen, which is very near to Ludwigsburg. And um, yes, it's uh, very interesting to be pastor in training in such a time. Um, and I'm very happy to be able to uh, connect to Laura via Zoom and uh, share some thoughts on the Bible together. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, this topic, um, even though or because it's so like vague and fuzzy and broad. But um, yeah, it's um, we we're going to read two um, Bible passages on kind of opposite end opposite ends of the uh, Christian Bible. Uh, and yeah, we're going to read um, each story first in English then in German. For the English part, we will read the uh, we will take the New International Version. And for w which uh, version do you prefer for the German translation? Of course, the Basis Bible because ah, it yeah, was right. released on twenty first yeah. of of January, uh, January and. Um, um, it's very good um, translation, even if some um, uh, some stories uh, don't sound like um, some people are used to because they know the words of Luther. Mm. But um, it's very good to understand. So, so um, yeah, I will read a passage from the. Um, Cain and Abel story in Genesis 4 and I will read the passages as um, the Bible verses um, Genesis 4 8, 8 to 10 from Genesis 4 Now Cain said to his brother Abel let's go out to the field while they were in the field Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. I read from the Basis Bible, uh, also chapter 4 of Genesis, verses 8 to 10. Cain sagte zu seinem Bruder Abel, Lass uns aufs Feld gehen. Als sie auf dem Feld waren, fiel Kain über seinen Bruder Abel her und er schlug ihn. Da sagte der Herr zu Kain, wo ist dein Bruder Abel? Ah, Entschuldigung, wo ist dein Bruder Abel? Kain antwortete, das weiß ich nicht. Bin ich dazu da, auf meinen Bruder Acht zu geben? Der Herr entgegnete ihm, was hast du getan? Das Blut deines Bruders schreit vom Ackerboden zu mir. Thank you very much. Now we are going to read um, a passage from Corinthian. It's 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 25. And 
I don't know what the English word it is for Einsetzungsworte, but it's the phrases um, you say before communion. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to read that now. For I received of the Lord that which is also which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he break he break it and said, This is my body, which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. I read again from the Basis Bible, Corinthians 11, from verse 23. Ich selbst habe vom, also Paulus spricht, ich selbst habe vom Herrn eine Überlieferung empfangen und die habe ich an euch weitergegeben. In der Nacht, in der er verraten wurde, nahm der Herr Jesus das Brot, er dankte Gott, brach das Brot in Stücke und sagte, das ist mein Leib für euch. Tut das zur Erinnerung an mich. Ebenso nahm Jesus nach dem Essen den Becher und sagte, dieser Becher steht für den neuen Bund, den Gott durch mein Blut mit den Menschen schließt. Tut das zur Erinnerung an mich, so oft ihr aus diesem Becher trinkt. Thank you very much. We, uh, yeah, now is the, the part of the podcast where I'm kind of pitching my ideas um, or my, uh, my, yeah, interpretations to you and it is a, a bit of a weird um, like messy foggy cloud of, of, of thoughts so I hope I can um, bring it across um, in a in a like comprehensible way um, so I will start with the communion part um, the first time that I took part in uh, communion um, in um, in a church was in summer 2017. I didn't go to Holy Communion uh, as a child um, because my parents didn't want me to um, kind of be part of those uh, rural village um, rituals of like um, really really uh, difficult social rules of who has to buy presents for whom and uh, who has to bring cake to whom and this um, and have to buy an exp expensive um, white dress and stuff like that so I just kind of felt I never had my first communion so I never kind of felt worthy enough to partake um, in communion And when we were on um, uh, on like our trip with the choir, when uh, yeah, I finally decided to to take part in that, and that was really really moving for me because I realized I had real problems of feeling worthy of partaking in that, and there were so many issues coming up, all con concerning internalized ableism and not feeling like I can be fully part of a group or I can be uh, worthy of um, yeah, holding hands with people and, 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 and joining this, this communal experience and I was I, that shocked me a lot that I felt like um, not being like, like uh, not, not being worthy enough or not being clean enough and 
Um, from then on, I, I took um, all the opportunities I could get to partake in, in communion, um, uh, especially in contexts like the choir where I felt really safe and where I felt this was a really, really um, caring and uh, loving community in itself. And so on our next trip with the choir, there was this thought it's, it's three years now that uh, I've thought about this and I try to find out what, why communion is so important, why did I cry so much the last time, what, what, what does it have to do with my current living situation and being a, a multiple disabled person with high support needs and still now but uh, also in that time still struggling to find uh, support systems and to keep my friends kind of uh, informed and updated on what things I can and I can't do and relying really much on my friends taking part in a communion was had a lot of meaning to me because the thought of I break bread with people um, I kind of confirm and acknowledge that we are part of the body of Christ. We are we are one um, if we want it or not. Kind of gave me the feeling of the communion is not so much we are now one because we've eaten the same material that is now in our body and so we are made of the same substance, but it's rather a symbolic um, acknowledgement of that we are already one. We have those ideas of where we end, where we, the individual, the self-reliant and independent um, modern uh, person um, who is free and can do whatever they like, um, that, that we have we know exactly where we end and other people begin, what are our issues and what are other people's issues. But that seems to be, when we look closely at it, it seems to be uh, a big illusion. Because everything I do when I'm in a community or when I'm interacting with other people, when I'm in any sort of relationship, anything I do affects other people and anything those people do affects me. and. Um, this can be nice nice things, stuff that helps me grow, stuff that helps me develop support uh, that I get, all those things, but it can also be harmful stuff or um, uh, being abandoned, being neglected. Th that does something with me, that is embodied in me. And when I have a community and one member of this community has uh, a weakness, or has a disability, or has uh, there's something that person can't do to partake fully in that community, then a nurturing and 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 and, and wholesome community um, tries their best to kind of to to still um, incorporate that person and op like take over uh, stuff that that person can't do and still. So, so that everyone can feel safe and cared for and part of that community uh, and um, stuff like disability or illness or weakness or 
um, anything that might otherwise threaten your your place in that community that isn't a danger anymore it just gets incorporated in this whole body in this body of Christ community because when it's your problem it's my problem there's this um, what is the English word for entgrenzung <laughs> like this idea of okay there are no real boundaries there is no where do I start and where do other people where do I end and where do other people start and this is something that goes like diametrical opposite of the thing the things we are taught in neoliberal societies because we are taught we are independent we um, uh, we are strong in ourselves we, 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 we don't rely on other people we um, uh, we don't need to take care of other people it's even harmful for us if we take care of other people um, and sometimes those things aren't even um, spoken out loud but kind of implied um, and when you have societies that are kind of fragmented into here we have the home for the elderly so we don't need to see them so getting old and having pains and dying doesn't need to be part of our body of our community we can kind of outsource it here we have the um, the hospital so illness and disability doesn't need to be part of our main body it's just an appendix it's kind of yeah just just they push it out and uh, to, to, to the to the um, to the fringes and here we have the mentally ill let's not talk about them at all and um, not only doesn't that allow a full body of Christ or like this this idea of community to exist it also makes us scared of, um, scared of stuff that is in us being old is uh, becoming old getting old is something that those of us who are, who are lucky will have to experience at one point and if we can if we um, push every reminder of that to the fringes we push if we push elements of ourselves to the fringes so um, yeah as I said it's, it's, it's become really fuzzy and, and a big cloud of ideas but bear with me um, that's that's the thing where I wanted to bring in the brothers keepers idea um, am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible to look out for my brother, for my sibling? Uh, uh, this question of 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 uh, Cain, Cain, where he is kind of what do I know? It is is not my job to to look after um, after my fellow human being, and God sees that differently. And this is something that is. Um, where I, I would love to be able to say, yes, we are responsible for our fellow human beings. Yes, we are responsible that everybody is taken care of, that um, um, nobody's left behind, nobody, uh, nobody's needs are unmet, nobody stays unseen. Nobody, like, when, when, a, when a part of our, of our body kind of is numb, we, we need to be aware of that and kind of reincorporate it. If, we, if there's a part of our body, let's say society as, as, as this body of Christ or this, this body, 
then we need to reintegrate that part and um, that would be kind of the easy thing for me to say um, yes we are responsible and when you take holy communi communion with people you need to acknowledge that they are your siblings and your fellow human beings and their interests are your interests now but I'm also very aware that there are people in our society who do not see that and who kind of need to be reminded yes you are responsible um, you like the the, the uh, canes of our society who um, need to be reminded uh, you don't live alone you live in relation you live in constant exchange with people but there are also people in our society who have been burdened with that work um, for structural reasons for like um, uh, privileged reasons people with with more privilege can easily say no it's not my business I leave it to the people with less privilege and those people are often in the position of um, learning uh, of having learned it is their responsibility to take care of the well-being of others at the cost of their own well-being so when i hear um therapists for example say it is not your business to take care of your parents yes because um parents uh, uh when when you feel responsible for your parents from an early age on that there's a power dynamic at play that puts you in a position where you should never have been in being a child being vulnerable being in a, in a reverse position of, of needing to take care but um, you still w w when when it's about um, oh my my flatmate uh, is, is really struggling and people say well you have to put up your boundaries you have to kind of um, uh, distance yourself from that I find that very really difficult because of course I'm I can't take on the responsibility of making my flatmate better but um, I need to acknowledge that there needs to be somebody who uh, that my, my flatmate uh, is suffering and that my flatmate won't be able to help themselves in that situation and that even if I'm not able to do that alone me and other people will be able to help and so it is just I'm really trying to navigate this, this small line between people think they're not responsible for, for each other but they definitely are and also um, not trying to call out the wrong people and tell people who already take on too much um, emotional labor of other people or um, think they need to put other people first that w to, to, to kind of there's no battle cry I can I can use here there's no yes you all are your siblings keepers when I know full well that there are people who um, um, who need boundaries and need to learn to put up boundaries and need to communicate those boundaries so it's um, yeah basically my pitch is 
It is not a decision if we are our siblings keepers. It is a fact because we are connected, because we are interdependent, because um, um, distancing ourselves is an illusion. And maybe if we if we take Holy Communion together and if we become aware of the fact that my neighbor's problem is my problem and my problem is my neighbor's problem, that then, if we can be honest about that, that then we can be honest about our boundaries and can say, yeah, I see that. I see that is also my problem. I can help to this point, from this point on, these are my limits, these are my boundaries, but my next neighbor can help you with this. So, yeah, I don't know if I would call this a pitch this time, it's rather a rambling and ranting against neoliberal um, societies, but um, yeah, I would really love to hear your thoughts about that. Um, yeah, there's a lot to say, I think. Um, let me try to mm -hmm. retell mm -hmm. what I heard from you. I think it, uh, it's very good that we choose the Corinthians version because uh, in that small book in the Bible, the words about the Last Supper are uh, in the context of an actual mm -hmm. uh, commun uh, mm -hmm. community. And I think they suffer from from problems which are very close to those you described in the beginning, um, because they they are a community, but um, some some of them are not as equal <coughs> as others. So the conflict, which is uh, so okay, Paul writes this letter not because he wants to tell something about the Last Supper because but because there is a problem about the Last Supper and in the in this parish I think it's not really clear what it was uh, exactly but more or less some people are rich some people are poor and uh, the the Holy Communion was in that time more like a, a large supper together so uh, as the poor people ha had to mm. work more, they came late for the supper, so uh, the the rich people already had eaten and uh, were already uh, had started to eat, and uh, there was nothing what left for the hardworking people. Yes, so and and Paul right t t uh, tells them that <laughs> this is like a. It's a contradiction to the uh, original sense of the Last Supper of the in the way Jesus Christ um, celebrated it. So I think uh, the context of the story fits very well for uh, for for the story, ex also for the last part, because I think the the rich people maybe in that parish they had a mindset like, okay, what. Uh, Am I responsible uh, for the food of uh, of my neighbor? Uh, he's responsible for himself, and if he comes late, uh, it's not my business. So, um, I think it's it fits very well. And next point, I I really like uh, 
your thoughts about what we celebrate in the Holy Communion and I think it uh, it's it's uh, has has a wide theological depth um, I I read last year a book of uh, Miroslav Wolf which is a, a theologian uh, from uh, originally from Croatia and his thesis is that the original sin is the will to defend the identity from any uh, impact from from uh, outside so that uh, people try to to keep your identity clean uh -huh, uh -huh. and pure and and uh, either if they connect with others uh, like uh, draw them into their own identity like uh, mm -hmm. uh, kind of devour uh, them yeah. consume them but um, or like build up high fences to defend them themselves but uh, and exactly this is the his original sin um, the will to exclude and uh, The, the missing will to include and to connect and to accept that we can't be never uh, a, a pure identity but we are also always connected as you described it to others his solution of course is, uh, and I, I like the thought is uh, Jesus Christ <laughs> so uh, <laughs> of course uh, it's <laughs> he's like um He, he, com he comes from a Pentecostal okay. tradition, but nowadays he's more evangelical. Okay. Or, um, but he said, uh, if you are a Christian, you, your identity is Christ-centered. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, um, your identity is not inside yourself, but uh, it lies um, on the cross or however you want to call it. And I more or less like... Uh, this thought because there's nothing you have to mm -hmm. defend then if your identity uh, if your center if you're out centered um, you don't need to defend your inner circle there's no uh, f um, danger that uh, it's attacked or something like that and um, and I think all, <laughs> more or less all that was inside your uh, description of what we do in the uh, in the Holy Supper but I, I think you can uh, explore I, that. I think um, what makes it, I would, I, I, I really like that idea um, that this defending of something that is there is no need to defend it and it is indefensible at the same time, um, like the, your nationality or your there's other identity markers that seem so um, almost dangerous, like my 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 village or my my country or my my um even mm -hmm. my religion um that i need to i need to defend that to defend my own borders but um when you said it doesn't lie in yourself i think that is the um scary and vulnerable point of it that the crucifixion or this christ-centered thing that actually does lie within yourself the things that make Jesus Jesus is that uh, he was fully human and so those experiences of the cross and the experiences of the of resurrection and the experiences all the this those things that 
in for me make this Jesus identity, which I can really relate to, um, my identity is because mm -hmm. I can relate to them. I can see I can I can see them in myself, and so um, that is why I said um, it is it doesn't need to be defended, and at the same time it is indefensible because I can't. Um, it is something I share with everyone else. It is something that that um, is um, in me, in God, in Christ, but in all my neighbors. So it's kind of it makes the the idea of fences or of boundaries obsolete. It kind of, um, but it's scary because it kind of makes you extremely vulnerable when there are no boundaries. Mm -hmm. And there is. Oh, I just love autistic memes and any kind of neurodiversity and mental health memes or sometimes there are kind of snap sh snapshots from Tumblr or, or Twitter and discussions um, and uh, I can't quite quote it at the moment correctly but there was wonderful thread about what it is um, why it is so hard losing friends or when people leave our lives that um, and I think a neurodivergent person must have written it because it is really true for autistic people. We absorb fragments of our friends, of our relationships um, that that will ca we carry we will carry them with us forever. So if a friend does something um, that is now part of my life. Um, like a, an inside joke or, or or a song or something and that person then leaves me then that part of me will always be there and it will always be joyful and it will always be painful and it is grown in into me it is it is grown in my heart and mm -hmm. so I can't I can of course shut it down for a while but that that's an illusion I can never listen to that song again but it's still there and um with the good and with the painful stuff, it's it's all part of us now. Somebody on this wonderful meme and this wonderful thread called it: "We are kaleidoscopes of our relationships. We 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 incorporate fragments of each other, and that is really beautiful. But it also makes us really vulnerable. And for autistic people, uh, a friend of mine um, once um, um, put it like this." Autistic people don't know where we stop and the world begins. So we often feel um, kind of like there are no boundaries, there are no limits. Our, our perception is really sharp and really um, often overwhelming. And especially when we've uh, experienced um, emotional trauma, we can become really em empathic, despite the, the mm -hmm. cliché that autistic people don't have empathy, which is rubbish. Um, we can be hyper-empathic and really feel other people's, like, like anticipate other people's feelings or, or detect other people's feelings. And when we're in the room and there's conflict, we kind of get stuck on that and realize something's wrong here. Of course, there's a lot of like um, trauma mechanism, self-protection, but it is difficult for, or near impossible for us to say, I'm not my brother's keeper. I'm not my, my responsible for my siblings because it's already mm. <laughs> gone through us. The emotions we're already 
they're already there and sometimes we feel we know other people's states of mind or of heart better than they know them themselves and that's exhausting <laughs> so it's something um, from an autistic perspective that's to acknowledge to have like a holy communion and acknowledge we are all one with with <laughs> uh, um, like um, Johnny Cash slash Bono put it we're one but we're not the same this is something really painful I feel uh, your stuff but I can't make you um, change your ways or I can't yeah this yeah sorry I went in a completely different direction but I want you to say yeah that's a really really good thought uh, and the things you were quoting um, uh, about be having our identity centered in Christ he uses also and I think it's also a very good thought uh, the um, biblical term of uh, mm -hmm. purity that uh, and he sees the tendency that uh, a lot of groups try to keep mm -hmm. them pure um, like uh, was of identity like the the uh, radical left scene tries to uh, mm. it's a bad example let's take the <laughs> right wing uh, people they try to exclude everything which is not original yeah. German or but I think it's also something which uh, happens not only in the far away uh, radical groups but also in in, in our uh, friends groups and um, oh yeah mm -hmm. everything which uh, which disturbs the purity um, uh, has to be excluded yeah. or is at least something which is very hard to accept and um, it disturbs if you see if you see the last supper or the holy communion as um, celebration of impurity mm -hmm. oh that, that's um, nice oh I like that it's uh, it's very radical and I think uh, a lot of if if you uh, could explain people before you you celebrate it uh, it would be very hard for some people to 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 celebrate uh, the the last supper together because this this acceptance we are all together we all one but mm -hmm. not the same um, through Christ I think uh, if you really uh, get that thought it's quite uh, it is disturbing. it is yeah it is something oh okay now I'm standing next to a person of whom I know has those problems and those issues and I'm not okay with that behavior but I accept that I'm one with that person ah but what I do now how does <laughs> or like this person has a disability I am uncomfortable with disabilities it scares me to a level that I don't want to think about it. I'm the same to Christ. I'm the same uh, as that person. I think uh, yeah. it's hard to accept. Yeah. Like I, to be the same uh, in the eyes of God that you that yeah, there's yeah, the yeah yeah and um, there's there's so many so many great um, scholars um, because this is this is reaching into the area of sociology and. What I what mm. I um, kind of mentioned earlier, the thing with the compartmentalization of society, uh, that is, f you can read Foucault, Michel Foucault, the French philosopher, yeah. 
who kind of yeah yeah oh yeah yeah we were in a reading group together I remember where I where I busted the whole reading group with my um let's talk about Santa Claus yeah um yeah um I remember yeah you can Foucault kind of explains why it is necessary for a society and necessary he means in a bad way um to put those um parts of this body of the society uh, to the fringes that kind of disturb something and um, mm -hmm. so it's everything that's to do with weakness so children get put into schools and uh, people who've done harm uh, get in, put into prison sick people get put into hospitals old people get put into um, like care homes and mentally ill people get put into um, mental institutions and he noted that all those buildings structurally look the same they're really organized and, and, and categorized and stuff and and um, yeah those those facilities are either to kind of safe keep um, those people and, and put them apart from the rest of society or they are there to correct them so when they're corrected they can go back but this is not healthy and I'm talking about not healthy <laughs> this is not wholesome <laughs> um, so yeah. a society can't kind of cut off stuff that belongs to human being to being human if I cut off every everything that represents weakness I may function productively I may kind of um, accumulate wealth and and um, uh, have my yeah have have a like affluent society but it's not true it's just not the truth it is it is um it it's sh it's shutting shutting our eyes in front of something that is elementary human and um what you said about purity have you ever uh, heard of james baldwin i have heard of james baldwin and who <laughs> who writes about very specific topics in a way that so many you can relate so many other topics to him um, was a black author from the US who fled um, uh, racist oppression um, and went to France went to Paris basically around the time where like this whole Foucault gang yeah started mm. and he became uh, an author and philosopher and he has really troubled relationship with religion because of his upbringing but he often writes in really religious terms and and um, he has written about um, racism and uh, oppression of black people but he really focuses on the mechanisms and purity is one thing he talks about when he says white people are obsessed with purity white people in, in the US are obsessed with purity mm -hmm. um, ignoring the fact that their history their country their body is not white it is human it has this is one country and the the country is built on the bodies and the work and the blood of black people and to still push that out to still claim purity is kind of mm -hmm. cutting off mm -hmm. more and more and more of um, um, kind of your the, 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 the white like horizon or perspective so white people try to 
to shut them shut themselves into suburbs with big walls and kind of have this illusion of we everything we don't want to um to deal with we just cut off and shut out and so um baldwin baldwin's one of his conclusions is this is not a black problem this is a white problem white people don't want to see thing, see things one group of people doesn't want to deal with something and the yeah. other group has to bear the consequences and as long as this first group won't address their fears their panic their the things they don't want to see um uh, the other group will always suffer i wanted to ask what do you think is uh our other exclusive um markers of the holy communion as it is celebrated in, in germany in the protestant or catholic church mm, i um, i would really love the idea of sitting around a table and eating together much more than for me standing up is difficult um because i get dizzy and um pain getting in, in pain so i need to make mm -hmm. sure that there's a chair but there's there are many elderly people so in many churches i i presume there will always also be chairs then yeah, I love the idea of holding hands with people, but I can only do that with people I know. With, with strangers, it's really difficult for me to hold hands. And mm. for me also not being... I, I wasn't brought up in the church, so I many of those things who are feel like home and feel really reassuring for people are really strange to me. And I always feel like, oh, I haven't learned that. How, how does this work? And this is what kept me from taking part in communion for so long um, mm -hmm. I yeah I think it really doesn't matter what we eat and what we drink I mean if somebody says I'm gluten intolerant I can't eat bread then let's provide something without gluten don't um, make make a big deal oh people won't eat gluten yet some people can't eat gluten because it will literally kind of mess up their intestines and um, then, yeah, or provide different stuff. Then, um. actually, I'm not so sure what I can accept. <laughs> like, I, I, mm. I agree with you. If someone uh, has gluten intolerance, uh, let's find there's bread mm. without gluten. Uh, a friend of mine told me that they were celebrating. Uh, Holy Communion via mm -hmm. Zoom on a, a planning conference and um, the man in charge um, uh, distributed uh, crackers and apple juice uh, before mm -hmm. the meeting so like he sent it a mm -hmm. post or something and then he asked them to take out the crackers and mm -hmm. the apple juice and I think I, I'm not sure if I it w would be a worthy form of Holy Communion for me. I think there are also for me some mm, boundaries uh, where I would say, ah, please let's take uh, it serious. Or it's, yeah, it, it's, it feels a bit like, it's like something is done like to be edgy, like on purpose. Like if you if you're somewhere, don't know, stuck, um, snowed in, uh, in some place, and you want to celebrate communion together. Then you can use crackers and apple juice yes. because that's yeah, a bit. Sure, but if sure. you, yeah, if it's just to let's see how far we can push the boundaries. But 
actually, I don't know the reasons, but I think there were no re really reasons like, uh, yes, uh, no li uh, life in danger or something. Something, but uh, I think the crackers and the apple juice could be used in the blending conference mm -hmm. before. So and they said, ah, okay, we have used that as a snack before, and now we and uh, use it for the celebration. I think. Uh, if there's no such need uh, you don't have and to And I think this I am really really kind of like this sentence with celebration of impurity because um yeah when it's 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 not to celebrate um kind of um disrespect it's not to celebrate um edginess but it's to celebrate we have what we have and we have to we, we can be open about uh, we, we can honestly discuss our kind of preferences or what why some of us really need if you're raised Catholic you might really need um, this this specific form of of, of, of latte or this of, of um, host or but to kind of take those concerns seriously and not brush over them but just to discuss mm -hmm. yeah I see that this is something really important to you uh, and the other, for this other person not spending the rest of the day in pain because of gluten or because of alcohol um, is really important so how do we as a community deal with this and this n yeah and I think if you see it as a celebration of impurity you you are very honest mm -hmm. and humble that uh, you accept that you can't create the community, the, the being one by yourself, <laughs> but uh, you can only do it because uh, Jesus has uh, ordered it, ordered us to do it, and that um, also if you leave the church afterwards, we won't be one by ourselves. It's it's really hard to reach that, but that it's also a, a gift that this uh, impurity uh, can be uh, celebrated mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if you get what i yeah, mean yeah um you mean that this the um we have this space of the church to um yeah to to manifest that this 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 um yes. gathering or just to 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 assemble the body Basically, and yeah. yeah, to realize that when we're when we're we can't be whole without the others, but um, we mm -hmm. we still leave the church afterwards and are alone, but we we still are connected. Yes, we can't be whole without the others, but we also can't be produce the wholeness by mm -hmm. ourselves. But uh, we are also always um, um, thro thrown to. Uh, the grace of God uh, to be yeah, able to do that, yeah, like in, yeah. in wholeness, um, and the question for me is like, how can we be a, a society like also outside the church, also in church? It's like a very mm -hmm. hard way. I think what I described is not uh, happening in in the church every mm -hmm. day, like, uh, um, but for some. Um, people I think it is like that but how can we be a society uh, or a community outside the church um, that celebrates the impurity I think um, 
before we recorded, you asked me something about um, how to make your um, your um, uh, podcast services more accessible. And then you said something about whenever finished with being accessible. And I think that idea is something that celebrates Im impurity because it it is something that needs this idea we never f of we never finished is not just um, mm -hmm. we always need to learn to learn to learn but it needs it means we need to stay in contact we need to stay in exchange with our our siblings with our neighbors with ourselves and that's really difficult because it means um, being honest about our vulnerabilities being honest about why we are just uh, uncomfortable with something why we can't do stuff and 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 um, communicating that to other people and being in connection with God with with ourselves with like this is something that it's it's in flow and something that it that is in flow is always uncomfortable because it's never settled it's never it's it's uncertainty and to live with that uncertainty is probably celebrating um, impurity because it um, it means there's never a point when me and that one member uh, of the congregation that I'm always clashing with when there I can't cut that person off because I've acknowledged that we are one <laughs> I can't we can't have at one point like completely the same be of the same opinion but we can we have to stay in contact we have to stay in in exchange mm. and that's exhausting and painful but that's human and that's Everything else is an illusion. This is not to say that. Sorry, yeah. I yeah. also think maybe I disagree a little bit because I think uh, we often think that um, being ready, being uh, not on a way but safe, is the better option. But I think uh, we also know that being on the way is the is. Um, searching for a word better <laughs> maybe something better like when i was building up uh mm -hmm. lego houses in in my childhood you always wanted to be ready but you mean finished uh, you always wanted if you, to if you to were finish ready something. Oh, yeah 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 to be finished is not a good <laughs> feeling and i think we may think uh that our aim is to to be finished mm -hmm. somewhere but uh, if we are finished we, we uh, realize okay no it's not it's we being yeah. on the way is the, yeah the yeah thing. like the the trodden out overused cliche of uh der weg ist das ziel <laughs> don't know what to do yeah but i think the strife is to be ready uh, but uh maybe deep in our hearts we know that uh yeah i think it, it always what it also includes, especially when um, when dealing with with accessibility or learning stuff, is that it's okay to to get stuff wrong, because you're not finished. Mm. This is also it gives you some freedom to realize, I can mess up. I can mess up in my relationships, because they don't end mm -hmm. here. We all have made experience of relationships ending, of people cutting us off, or stuff yeah um kind of not having the chance to to repair stuff but if we're really honest 
we know that those relationships are still there even if someone dies mm. there's their traces the traces they've left in us are still there so that relationship is still ongoing and growth is still happening and learning is still happening and ideally there would be kind of reconciliation and forgiveness and all that but even if that's not possible um, nothing is ever over I wrote one question mm -hmm. mark and after uh, you said Entgrenzung in German I looked it up and in English it seems to be dissolution of borders I think Entgrenzung is the better word but dissolution like of borders because is also of this okay. illusion like take away the illusion of borders no but I think A it's dissolution, dissolution. Oh. okay I wanted to I wanted to hear yeah, dissolution <laughs> yeah but and um, I think it's a question not only in, in the context of the Holy Communion but more in general is is the dissolution of border the aim or hmm. is it good to have some I think, borders I think it's the other way around it's really the, the disillusion of borders it's kind of um, the acknowledgement that there are less borders than we thought there is more merging there is more well, this is us, this is, like, we're more the same than we wanted to admit. And once we have admitted that, we can put up actual boundaries to protect ourselves and protect each other. That we need mm. first to acknowledge that there aren't any, <laughs> or like we are all, we, we're all interconnected and we are all, like, we're one but we're not the same. And this not being not the same makes it necessary to communicate our limits, our our when you are hurting me i need to tell you like um be able to tell you when you are hurting me and i want you to tell me when i'm hurting you and this i like the term boundaries um even though it's it's often yeah i, I think to really be a to really to be able to put up effective and helpful boundaries we need to acknowledge that there are no borders let's put it that way but what is the how would you uh, differentiate the words border and boundaries oh, yeah. in German? Um, um, hmm, hmm, hmm. In German it's difficult, yeah. Can also, but you can do it also in English because in, I think uh, it could seem, seem like a magic trick, like. Well, like we, um, uh, in, I would say a border is something made out of bricks that is really, really. Um, once you put it up, it's there. It's quite literally concrete um, uh, it's um, yeah it is something quite almost from a military context and almost from a nationalist context and something that's not flexible and a boundary mm. can be a fence with a door a boundary can be something uh, that I can renegotiate I can change I can um, I can realize, oh, my boundaries have changed. I can be honest about that. A wall is something I don't want to look at anymore. I don't want to look outside. It's something I, it's, it's, it's more kind of what you say. I want to keep myself pure. And with a boundary, I still, mm. I still see, I still acknowledge that it's the same lawn or it's the same piece of earth I've built my boundary on. It's like, yeah, it's like something I can, yeah, like, like having, um, 
you know when you when you have like Lego or Playmobil fences, you can put them together and you can bend them and change them and um mm. uh yeah I I I think yeah it makes sense for me. And so I I just I just remembered that when you went to India and you held your big speech in front of those, of those important yeah. people, you were talking about borders and neither of us realized that you were that you have written borders like um boarding school students <laughs> which uh, yeah, I, I I can't remember what your topic was, but it, I think it was about uh, Peter uh, eating with the Romans. Yeah, I think it was uh, Acts 13, maybe or 12. I'm not sure, but but um, yeah, the question was is uh, the question was also purity, purity mm. and borders uh, seems to uh, <laughs> yeah. It's also it's great. Uh, it's a great story. Yeah, it was a good. Uh, I liked it to. Uh, work it out together with you and yeah I, I there, there are many terms um, just one last thing where I think um, because my um, almost on purpose mishearing of dissolution um, I like mm -hmm. the German word for disappointment because it's Enttäuschung it means mm -hmm. Um, for our English listeners, Enttäuschung means disillusioning, disillusionment. Mm. So basically, you get, um, True, yes. yeah, you you see the truth now, and so a disappointment can something be something really good and something really freeing. So you thought something was true, and it turns out not to be, and now you can live with that. You can you can adjust to that. And especially disappointment in relationships can be quite freeing for both for, for, for everyone involved if of course it can can cause much hurt and um, much uh, trauma but it can also kind of now I don't have to pretend pretend to be that anymore and the other person can say well you never needed to pretend to be that person now um, so I, I really like the term and um, for for disappointment so Thank you very, very much, Felix. This was a great talk, and I'm really, uh, I will really, really be struggling to edit it because um, it's like um, running, like an, like 30 minutes too long, and I need to cut stuff out, and I really don't want to cut stuff out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy about that talk, and I hope you will join me again soon uh, for another podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, as as always, um, to my listeners, if you have anything to add or if you have uh, uh, any comments, you can contact me. And if anyone uh, would like to be a guest, uh, we can surely uh, we can definitely arrange that. And yeah, I hope you have a good Lent, a uh, good Lenten season, and. Uh, that you all take good care of yourselves and yeah, celebrate impurity. Goodbye.